This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 141 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben as ever and Gary is with me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Did you say 141? Yes, I did. And I know exactly where this is going because you're a prick. <laughs> Last week, <laughs> 10, 15 seconds in and you're already calling me a prick. Yeah, because you've already started something off air and you've carried it through to the recording, <laughs> which is something that I thought we would never do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I realised that last week um, I did put the episode number as 149 on Podbean. Um, blame my fat fingers for that. Um, but it will be changed by the time uh, this recording is finished because, yeah, bit of an idiot. Uh, so, yeah, this is episode 141. Are you well? Uh, yes, I am. I've taken a COVID test today because our neighbour has got uh, COVID and, and I haven't really seen him. I don't talk to people, but Fee has. So we did one of those lateral flow tests. I can confidently tell you I'm never doing one again. So <laughs> that you- rub on your tonsils four times. Yeah, after the third one, you want to vomit. The third one? I only touched it with the first one and I was retching. Fee was in hysterics. She thought it was brilliant. The dog came upstairs. He wanted to see what was going off because I was uh, I was struggling with it. And then after you've done that, you stick it up your nose. Wow. Yeah. That's hygiene for you. <laughs> was it? Are you still get? Are they still the um, like the small ones or like the big cotton bud style ones? No, they're like this little. Kind little of plastic scraper sort of thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I had but to anyway, do... I'm, I'm negative, so anyway, go on. Yeah, I had to do a PCR test the other week, and they are like bloody mini footballs on the end of sticks that you've got to do the same thing with, and it's just, ugh, that well, made me gag after the first I've hated them ever since I was a kid, because when I was a kid, I, I got uh, um, like a whooping cough. I caught it in hospital. I went into hospital for my appendix out, came out, and then was ill for six months afterwards. And, and I had to have a swab t- 
test which was it kind of went up the nose and down the back of my throat and it was genuinely one of the worst things that I've ever had to endure uh, in my life and, and I, I, ever since then I can't I can't abide anything going further in my nose than I could possibly get a finger or further down my throat than you know past my teeth so I'd be no good as a prostitute <laughs> glad you made the joke and not me but anyway yeah um, no, I'm saying fact there's no joke there I'd be rubbish no that's fair um yeah so i mean it was um it was an interesting weekend i think um it it was one that split opinion i know that um i think me and you seem to fall roughly on the same page which was a bit of a novelty um yeah unusual but i think so yeah but uh you know lost to ipswich 1-0 on saturday at the bank um not going to dwell on it for too long because obviously there's two games to to sort of look forward to this week and a bit more to talk about um in addition to that but yeah um it's so easy to blame a referee's you know referee's decision but uh, i mean ultimately there was two that cost us in the game um i don't think that i don't think regan paul was offside and i don't think you'll see a more blatant push outside of the wwe um from macaulay bond for his goal um it was it, it was disappointing to not take anything from that game because genuinely i thought we deserved it um i thought we deserved something from it at least maybe not the you know maybe not the full three points but i thought we were at least good for a draw um how we how did you see it because I, I wasn't in my normal seat on saturday so it was um a bit of a strange one um how did you see it yeah i didn't think we did enough to win the game but, you know, I came away from it you know, more positive than a lot of people because I felt like I had to be because there was a lot of negativity that was unjust. Um, that people tweeting the radio kind of saying, you know, I don't want to hear about the referee. I want to hear about that rubbish performance. I think rubbish was, was really, really harsh. What people are forgetting is that you know, teams defend really deep against us and Ipswich did that. Possession stats proved it in the first half. It was pretty much 50-50. In the second half, it was 70-30 because they got their goal and then they stuck two banks of four and, and lumped it for a little bit forward to Macaulay Bond who won too many headers for a weak player or well, he was certainly a weak player when he's with us I mean I remember him getting smashed against Barrow and, and he wasn't the same player since but we were dominated a little bit in the air I think at the back um, an amazing stat which I've checked and double checked and can't believe it is that Lewis Monsman didn't contest a single aerial duel or game and I think considering the number of balls that came forward that's a surprise I'm, I'm kind of avoiding the two obvious talking points look for the goal let's let's try and put on a neutral hat it is a foul two hands are in the players back and the players push but we know referees are letting things go you know, there was a lot of quite not tasty challenges, but there was a lot of tackles and there has been all season thus far where you know, a challenge goes in and you think, well, that's a free kick and the ref's way, way to play on. 50% of the time we're on the right side of it, 50% of the time we're on the wrong side of it. But in my opinion, one of those fouls that then directly leads to a goal is a little bit more than letting the little things go. And it is a two-handed push. For a big man, TJ went down quite easily. Um, if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah, I think he's not been shoved over by a Matt Reed. It was almost like he was ready to go over. And I'm not saying he dived or anything silly like that, but but it is I, a foul. I see what you mean, but I, I, think, I think if you're running back and, you know, you, you've got that momentum, if you get that little shove, it, it's not like he's stood still and he's fallen to the floor and, you know, gone over there. I think he's he's 
he's running at you know a decent decent uh, decent pace and you know if you're running and you get that extra shove no matter what no matter who you are you're going to go down yeah look i'm saying it's a foul anywhere else on the pitch i'm saying it's probably a soft foul but it but it is a foul and it should have been ruled out and it wasn't um and, and a lot of ipswich fans have been and I, I think it's what the kids call atting me uh on social <laughs> media this week um because I, I kind of put something to that effect on online uh, and they're saying you know the fender went down easily dry your tears nobody appealed they did appeal they all yeah, appealed they our manager our players um okay it wasn't a chasing and harassing the referee appeal uh, and many of the Ipswich fans that said that they didn't appeal only watched the game on youtube um highlights i, I imagine um so there was an appeal it was a foul it was not given you, know, you you get on with it and i actually thought in the second half in the first kind of 20 minutes of the second half i thought we were well worth a goal regan paul was on the side it, it looking at the line on the pitch it wasn't particularly marginal you know my, when michael no. said there was yards in it i, I thought Nah, pull the other one. And and my mate Dave, you obviously know Dave as well. He was it more or less in line with it, and he's like, yeah, it's definitely offside. And then you watched it back, and it's like, no, it's not, is it? <laughs> and and they are two big key points that define the game. That's a poor Ipswich side. We were a a poor imitation of the Lincoln side that took to the pitch against Cambridge last last week. Uh, one or two players did not perform well. And and yeah, I'm always happy to say when. And I don't think a player's performed well. I thought Chris Maguire was was very, very poor and apparently got injured in the warm-up, but he, he didn't have a good game. I, I didn't think Lass Sorensen particularly played well when he came on, and I'm not just jumping on him. I didn't think that Tom had a particularly good game either. I thought we put some balls into the box, into good areas. Cohen Bramwell played very well, in my opinion. Um, but we didn't convert them, and, and we, did, we didn't create what I would call big chances. Regan Pools was the big chance. But we didn't really create anything else on top of that. And ultimately, you know, that cost us the game. And you know me, I'm always happy to, to moan at a referee. But at the same time, it's one goal that we conceded and it's one that was chalked off. Fair enough, that would be enough to win or lose the game. But for the possession dominance that we had, I, I would just have liked to have seen one or two more big chances. I really would. I'd like to have worked their goalkeeper. Um, I would like to have to have asked a few more questions, and and we didn't, and that's cost us. But it's not the end of the world. And um, at the end of the Cambridge game on the bus on the way home, I said I would now be happy to see a draw against Rotherham and a draw against Ipswich. There were two games that I thought points would be would be fine from. So we're actually only one point further behind than I would have been happy with. Which um, you know, the club don't try and make me happy. Obviously, it's not all about. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> We're looking now ahead to two games where you think four or six points, and actually we'll be we'll be on back on track. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it was um, it 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 was frustrating to watch, um, you know, and I can completely understand where some of the negativity came from. But we took some people to the game on Saturday that, you know, a lot of them hadn't been to a Lincoln game before, um, and you know there was a couple uh, there was there was one lad who brought his son and it was his son's ever first ever game at a stadium. And he, you know, he came away and he was saying, Oh, you, you know, you, you lads played really well, you know, I'm good. You didn't get anything from it. And that seemed to be the consensus. So that's obviously from people who, you know, they know football, but they're not necessarily Lincoln city fans and seeing people come away and saying, Oh, you, you should have got something from that. Um, 
it kind of gave it a little bit of credence and you know where i was thinking okay well you know i i didn't think we deserved to lose the game and a lot of other people well the, the people that we were with also certainly didn't think we seemed to you know we deserved to lose the game um and uh, you know we can sit here and, and bicker and have different opinions on on everything you know with people on social media but ultimately we did lose the game and it was it was disheartening to do so um i think i saw a few comments uh, from people saying that you know a lot of the players went straight down the tunnel and stuff like that which i mean that's a little bit disappointing um there was obviously some uh, some further issues with uh, the catering um and you know the, the significant the, significant yes. further issues yeah um you know that there were issues there um and i believe at one point the um the the shutters just got rolled down on a massive queue that was still stood there um and the reason i know that is because a friend of mine was taking his lad to his first ever game um and you know he'd, he'd gone downstairs to with him to get a drink and a, you know some chocolate or whatever and yeah is he was in, stood in a queue the shutters get rolled down um, and in his words, it was there was nearly a bit of a riot, and he wasn't that impressed. And that's not what you want to hear from you know people that are, that have been to Lincoln City before and, and bringing people in for the first time. It just it was a bit of a a bit of a nightmare it's on the, not even uh, about bring, the pitch. It's not even about bringing people in for the first time. And oh no um, no, no I'm not saying it's, it's just, yeah. I, I I'll say when things don't particularly suit me and my view isn't that of everybody's uh, mm-hmm. but i haven't spent a penny uh, on a or i have rather i've spent about probably i bought two drinks this season at the club mm-hmm. um, and that's in the fan zone and in the ground because the selection for somebody like me i, I, I can't drink beer because i'm driving the selection of soft drinks is, is poor um really poor you cannot get a pint or or even a, a sugar-free soft drink, which is the only option, after two o'clock. It's pointless because mm. the queues are half an hour long. And that's kind of good in a way because, you know, the club have tried to put more pouring points in and, and it's just becoming more and more popular. So that's that's positive. But they're not taking my money. And mm. there were two people, I won't name them, we'll, we'll just call them T and D, they'll know who they are, um, who had come into the fan zone for an event or for a stand, and we're leaving again immediately afterwards because they either didn't want to brave the queues in one instance or in the other instance, they couldn't get a pint of bitter, which, yeah, I, I, again, I know that this is a historic thing and I know the club are kind of in this contract, but not being able to buy a pint of either bitter or Guinness at the game, given how popular it is, is criminal, um, especially over an IP. IPA, which probably is not quite as popular, but if you want IPA, you have to queue inside. You can't get that at an outside pouring point. And um, lots about the fan zone is good. The food stalls, I know you you enjoy those. Um, and and you know, there's a good sele- <laughs> there's a good selection of food. There's a great vibe in the fan zone, uh, yeah. but those selections are not brilliant. And then into the ground, it's just as bad. Um, I go down. I mean, we went into the ground at Tempo two as you know on saturday because there was no chance of getting a drink within reasonable time and i get in there i say you know oh, i'll have a bottle of coke they say we've got diet or normal it says i'll have normal and, and they produce a sugar-free coke that's not normal coke it tastes like wrung out socks i don't want to drink that so then at half time i'm not spending the money and like you say that's my gripe 
But then when I hear stories of the shutters going down on people, and I think secretly, he won't say it out loud, I think that will hack Liam Scully off immensely, mm. because that is not just poor, that is appalling service. Now, yeah. what I'm going to say in defence of the club, I saw somebody put a picture of uh, Grimsby's food on and put Grimsby are putting Lincoln to shame. OK, now I get that. First of all, if you were to select a Curry's Jack, Curry Jacks or something in a fan zone and put a picture of that online, that would be comparable to the food that the, the Grimsby guy put on, which was a you know, meat kebab or something. But remember, in, in the stadium, there were no kitchens. Mm. There's nowhere where they can go and prepare this food bespoke. So they're kind of making making it fit. And and I think if you're going to the game and you're planning on eating at half time, you know what the situation is. Mm. Just think ahead. Go in the fan zone at half two and get a curry jacks or, or one of the other food stores you'll be able to recommend, I'm sure, plenty. Um, but do you know what I mean? Just plan ahead. And yeah. I, I don't want to eat a plastic burger. I saw a sign that says there's a deal on £7.50 for a burger and a beer. Save £2 or something like that. Save £2 at £7.50. I'd rather eat the £7.50. Uh, and I've, <laughs> I've heard that they'd be better than, than one or two of the burgers that have been um, served up. Bear in mind, Elior are a new contractor. They do do uh, Murrayfield, I think. They do Rotherham's Ground now when there's been some similar problems there. They will iron it out. But if you're going to the football and expecting four-star cuisine, you're, you're, you're sadly, sadly mistaken. It's not going to happen. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think the the you know the difference from from my point of view there is I you know I, I don't expect four-star cuisine when I go to a football game. You know, I expect a greasy burger or you know a hot dog that's a little bit burned around the edges or you know sausage roll or something like that. But it is like you say, it is different in the fan zone. Um, I you know, I will make no bones about it because Gary will do for me. Um, I will, I will have my lunch in the fan zone, and that will usually be something from Curry Jacks, or it'll be a hot dog. Like that, that will be my lunch on the day. Okay, and I enjoy that. That's nice, but I appreciate that the fan zone isn't catered for, or is not equipped, sorry, to cater for ten thousand fans. It's for a small number of people that will, or a relatively small number of people that will head there before the game. Um, and a larger number of people now than I think ever before, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, like you say, you, you hear those stories about the shows coming down and and there was obviously the the kind of word that was going round outside the centre spot or Travis Burt, whatever it's called now, but outside the centre spot that, you know, there was only one person on the main bar in the centre spot. And it's like, well, I, I appreciate there are a lot of difficulties getting people in the hospitality se- uh, sector at the moment, but that, you know, that's not good enough. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, we've said before, we'll call things out when they're not good enough. And ultimately, it's called it, it out if we've seen it. We haven't seen that. That was word. But I know when my old man went in, there was more than one serving on there. So I, I do okay. think sometimes it might not be accurate. Okay. But uh, yeah, you know, if if that is the case, you know, it's it's not good enough. And unfortunately, there seems to be a perfect shitstorm at the moment of that stuff like that happening off the pitch, which the club are trying to rectify. And I've had um, word from the club that you know that is being looked at. Um, and I believe they word from the club. All right. Yeah. 
nice. <laughs> you know, I've, I've spoken to somebody they, in the they club. They signaled the pen signal and uh, off you went. <laughs> I spoke to somebody within the club, you dickhead. Um, but, you know, I spoke to somebody and they said, yeah. At the club, did you? <laughs> on, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Gary. Um, and they said, you know, that they, they were looking to hold, you know, talks this week and, and try and get things ironed out and have that discussion. So, yeah. again... And, and- We've said before, we will call things out when they're not right, but the club have also said that they make mistakes, but they will try and rectify them where they can do. And I hope that this is one of those instances. And and look, the last week has shown us that the turnstiles were not an issue. Uh, Mm. Season cards have gone out. I've I've literally seen on Twitter, just as we've come on air, that Liam Scully has personally delivered Andy Pearson's season card to him on the way home. Oh, that's amazing. Um, which, yeah, funnily enough, when we went to Cambridge, Andy said that he goes, "I want my season card delivered by Liam Scully," kind of jokingly on the on the uh, yeah on the bus. So I think that's good. And you know, we're talking here about Liam gets so much stick. He mm-hmm. does, and I'm not here to blow smoke off his ass. But if people knew him, he wouldn't get the stick. And he tries so hard for this football club and if something goes wrong it's his fault do you know what i mean if a transfer falls down because he's the chief executive it's his fault if somebody gets a ratty burger at half time it's his fault if somebody pisses on their shoes there'll be a blame for liam you know the, the trough should be bigger in the t- yeah. toilets and and sometimes the blame isn't purely with the club sometimes the blame is outside and with the season cards it's all right saying well the club should have been able to do it yep it's not just like that. Here's a, a case point. I like a band called Ferocious Dog. They've taken pre-orders for LPs that they've now had to push back six weeks because they can't get the vinyl to print them on. And mm. that's people aren't going, well, that's appalling from Ferocious Dog. They should have had something. They should do something about that. But if it's a football club, well, there should have been a contingency. So it's yeah. not always easy. But putting shutters down in front of people who have queued for 15 minutes is not acceptable and i firmly believe the club will not accept that either that is that is poor poor behavior yeah absolutely but don't blame the club for it no because it's an outside contractor and i think that's the thing is that when you've got an outside contractor and i know this from having worked in a very large outside contractor um they will try and squeeze out every single penny that they possibly can from that contract and whether that means that they will potentially do things like you know employ the bare minimum of staff or not take the the pride that they should do or even things like stick to a very very rigid timetable where if it's a hospitality thing the the ethics of it i guess is to make sure that everybody's served before you finish the job but if they're sticking to that time scale then that is what they're going to do they're going to roll the shutters down and say sorry my time's up you know they've not got that work ethic there that's going to be pushing it through and you know that like you say it's not the club's fault on that one but at the same time it's not acceptable and it doesn't really give that great a you know an, an image out but and i think it's should... down to the club to address yes 100 percent. and you and know like i say i think that's being done all i'll say just contrast that with cambridge last week where mm-hmm. 10 minutes after half time i went down to their serving point and got a bottle of water despite the fact they were closed because the, she couldn't do enough to help me but we turned up at the ground at 10 to 3 because there was absolutely nothing for away fans to do until the gates opened. No fan zone, no food, do you know what I mean? nothing like that at all. So mm. it's easy to find a negative in what we do or what Lincoln do and a positive in what somebody else does. But when you look at the overall package, we are on the right track, even if some things are not. So, But yeah, I mean... I, I, 
Didn't Luis Fiorini have a good game, though? He did, yeah. Sorry, yeah, it, it all kind of got away from football for a minute there. Didn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought he looked great. Um, I, I thought he looked really good. Uh, there was a couple of instances that I, um, you know, that I thought this this lad's going to be something this season. And it was he was one that we picked that would be one to watch and hopefully would uh, do well. But, it, I mean, to me, I think he's basically cemented his spot in the first 11 now. What about you? Possibly. Um, his stats over the course of the early part of the season actually are not as strong as you might think, but um, I, I think he's slowly grown into it. So I think if you don't, if you don't take kind of all of the stats from the from the games and just look specifically at Ipswich, Cambridge, and and Rotherham, I think as well. Um, yeah, I think I think he's he's a starter for me alongside Bridcup. Personally, I think Bridcup, Bishop, and Fiorini is our starting midfield. I thought Bishop was poor uh, bordering on anonymous against Ipswich uh, I did have to chuckle when he was taken off and the Ipswich fans started singing Teddy Bishop he's injured again uh, <laughs> he gave him a little wave I think as well didn't he yeah it was it was cruel so um, and people have been quite critical of Lewis Monsman and I kind of mentioned there he didn't win an area, a, a header, which is interesting. But do you actually know that he's played more forward passes per 90 minute than any other than Kansas City player this season? In fact, he's played five more passes per 90 minutes than any Lincoln City player this season. He averages 23.71 and the next highest is Regan Poole, oh. which I thought was interesting. And if you take out the defenders, because naturally a defender is likely to play more forward passes because he, he you know, he's not going to pass it back to the keeper as much. So if you take out the defenders, the player who has played the most forward passes, uh, and I'm going to take Liam Bridcott out from holding midfield. I'm talking attacking players. He's actually Ted Bishop with 12.13 forward passes per 90. It's more than Sorensen on 11.7. It's more than McGrandles on 10.4. So I, I think that's I think that's quite interesting. I just think it was it was an off day for one or two players yeah. and. In the style of football that we play, I've said this before on the podcast, and I'm sure I'll say it again. If you've not got 10 of your 11 on form, then it can, we can struggle. And also the one thing I ask, and it won't happen, I just wish people would stop saying, it'll stop having to reference the fact that, well, we missed out on deadline day. Yeah, we did. We did. Hands up. Yeah, we didn't have a great deadline day. The more people I talk to, not just around the club, but people in the game, fans of other clubs, it's becoming apparent that there are one or two players who were not mentioned by anybody that we've missed out on. There's certainly a Premier League loan I'm aware of that we were close to and didn't get. There's uh, another of Michael's former players who signed for a fellow League One club who was very close to signing for us. We all know about Morgan Whitaker. Um, we missed out on players at, for, for various reasons and... I think it's Michael's frustration as well. We heard him, I think, in the post-match, didn't we, or, or before the match on Saturday, saying, you know, I've got two signings lined up for January. We won't be waiting until deadline day again. I think that probably he's said that he wants to make sure he's got the squad rather than wait for the better players. And I think mm. I look at it now like this. We've got October, November and December until the transfer window. That's three months on average, what, five, six games a month? So 15, 18 games maybe maybe a few more. If we can get through those and still be tucked in, let's say between 10th and 15th, I think that we can make a serious difference in the transfer window. Look, people go on about Morgan Rogers last season. He signed in January. Don't forget that. So when we talk about adding that creativity, um, 
I think that's where I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna thrive. I'm, I'm very hopeful that at least one of the names that have been linked with us on loan, if not two, will come in in January and give us a boost. And who knows, we might make a late run. I don't expect us to be battling top six, maybe not even top ten uh, through the next month or two. Yeah, and it's it's not it, it like you say it's not a surprise given how things went over the uh, over the window. And it, like you said. It is that constant, oh, we're a man short. We know we're a man short. Michael knows we're a man short. Liam knows we're a man short. Everybody knows that. It's been said repeatedly. Um, but you've kind of got to, you know, do what we can with what we've got, unfortunately. But, you know, what we've got is still a very talented squad. I've got no hesitation in saying that. Um, it's just that we need that final little piece to to hopefully make everything start ticking over again. But I still think that we're going to be all right this season i think the expectations have, have definitely been tempered um but as we've said before i think upper half of the no sort of lower half of the top half if that makes sense so that's sort of just below the playoffs area i think that's going to be a good one a uh, good finish if we can get there but let me ask you a quick question if i was to say to you there's there's a stat which is successful attacking actions per 90 minutes so you know success moves passes etc in terms of attacking if i was to ask you to name our top four in terms of successful attacking actions four players who do you think they'd be because uh, i actually think there's an unsung hero in the lincoln squad that even i have been not critical of but haven't probably recognized his contribution i would probably say um anthony scully is top 100 percent. yeah Ted Bishop is second. Well done. Yeah, good pick. Cohen Bramall. <laughs> you've got one, two, three. Oh, um, given that I said he was, you know, doing the defensive stuff right last week and that you then picked up on it and corrected me, I'm going to say Regan Paul. Oh, so close. Hakeem Adelican. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's the Cohen Bramall's the interesting one for me because actually around me quite a few people were critical of it oh bloody hell Bramble, when he, he miscontrolled it and they say you know he just runs with his head down and he doesn't get anywhere uh but actually it, it done really well i think 3.84 successful attacking per 90s played 632 minutes no goals and no assists which is probably um you know going against him but i mean i think crosses he, he put phenomenal amount of crosses in on um uh on saturday and yeah just I think he will play in games like Ipswich and I think Jamie Robson will play in games uh, where we're going to be a little bit more under the cosh because we really weren't. So but yeah. I don't know what time we're on. Is it time to move on from Ipswich now? Uh, we've got about half an hour in, so it probably is. Um, Let's draw a line under it. No more complaining from me about them um, cheating to win. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, we've obviously got two games uh, coming up. We've got Burton and Morecambe. As you said, I think that's two games where we'd ideally like to take four or six points from. Um, let's start with Burton. Uh, let's just have a quick look. Their form is similar to ours. Just have a quick look. Surely you had a look before we came on, didn't you? I did, but I've also got the page up in front of me, Gary. They started well, though. They just started very well. Yeah, they did, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, obviously they finished... Lucky. They obviously finished uh, last season very strongly as well. Um, I think 
I'm going to hold my hands up and say that I didn't see Burton Burton surviving, and then they did, and then some. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, a good start followed by a um, oh, somewhat indifferent run recently. Um, three draws, two losses, and a win. Uh, last win was five games ago. So yeah, um, how do we see it panning out? Well, they started well, wins against Shrewsbury, which you would expect. Ipswich, which I don't think that's any big shakes. The Sunderland win was a good one. Not got great results since, as you've said. And when you look down their squad, there was there was a feeling that they'd really moved on over the summer and they'd made some great signings. And actually, you look down their, their starting 11 from the 2-0 defeat at Crewe and you know, John Brayford, Michael Boswick, Connor Shaughnessy, Kane Hemmings, Lucas Aikens. Haven't really changed all that much. Mm. Um, they've got some good players waiting in the wings. Daniel Jebison, I think, was a late loan deal just before the transfer deadline. He's come from Sheffield United, I think, played Premier League for a bit last season. He's a little bit, I think, like a Dan and Lundaloo figure. Mm. Uh, Joe Powell is a player I really like at Burton, and he's not playing at the moment, but he's former West Ham. Uh, he was heavily linked with us when we signed Anthony Scully uh, for a while. I think that we were looking at signing them both. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that was the general feel. And then he, he went off to Burton, scored against us, I think, in uh, possibly twice, actually. He certainly scored against us in the last game before COVID. So, But their current run is not good. Um, they're scoring far fewer goals than us. So I think they've just scored the one in their last uh, three league games. And that was at home against Jim. Billingham have scored probably two, I think, in their last five league games. The other one was uh, against Cheltenham. Hammered by Cambridge at Cambridge 3-0, which we know um, is is not a good result. Two own goals in that game from Thomas Hamer. Uh, And with Michael Boswick scoring an own goal on Saturday as well, they they love an own goal to Burton. This is a game that Lincoln City should win. This is a game that this Lincoln City should win, not just us generally. Not not being arrogant to Burton. They're not in a good run of form. Uh, they haven't improved massively from last season. They've got some half-decent players, but they haven't improved massively. I, th- I think it's a game that we can win. I think it's a game that Michael will be looking at even more so than the Morecambe game uh, and thinking they should win. And they play a like a 4-2-3-1, so they play two holding midfielders in front of the back four. I think they need that. Because at the back, um, they've got Michael Boswick, obviously, and Connor Shaughnessy. Um, but probably not a huge amount of pace at the back there. Uh, so then they sit two holding midfielders in front of that. We're going to have to try and break them down, which mm. when, when you go away, probably you don't expect to do. I think if we were to get an early goal, we win the game. Um, if we were to concede a goal for the first goal, then it could be as frustrating as Ipswich. So that first goal is vital. And, and that's probably the case from now until we find more reform because if a team scores a goal and shuts up shop against us as we've already seen against um uh, bolton for instance bolton were quite defensive um but fleetwood we've, we struggled to break fleetwood down with the greatest respect we've already seen it uh away at oxford when you know they just soaked up the defense when they were tuning a lot they just soaked up everything we have we struggled to break teams down so first mm. goal all important in terms of xg bolton it's uh, Burton are fairly fairly level, average one a game, concede on average probably two a game. But yeah, it's um, be interesting. At the end of this three section of these three games, you're going to be nearing quarter of the way through the season, give or take. 
uh, after Burton, Morecambe and Plymouth. And you know, I know that we're not previewing Plymouth at the minute. But if we've got six points from these three games, I'll be happy. Five points I could take. Anything less than that, I think, would be uh, would, would be a poor haul. No, I'd, probably, I'd agree with you on that one. I think um, they, well, particularly the the, the Morecambe game um, is is one that is, I don't want to say you expect to take three points from, but you kind of expect to take three points from it. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, Burton, they just seem to be a little bit all over the place. But we did say the other week that, um, what was it, Lincoln beat, uh, no, Bolton beat Lincoln, Lincoln beat Cambridge, and Cambridge beat Bolton. So just shows how ridiculous this league is at the moment. Yeah, that's, that, that's this division. Uh, and when you move on to Morecambe, uh, a couple mm-hmm. of decent results. Beating Sheffield Wednesday was was a big result for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, also, the beating Shrewsbury, who I, I think are going to be the whipping boys at the moment. The beating crew who are really struggling as well, but lost to Doncaster. So again, it's a game that you really want to be going. You really want to be taking three points from um, and again, I think that they'll be happy if Lincoln come to town to take a single point. I think mm. they'll be happy to to shut up shop. They've got a decent manager in Stephen Robinson, who we've already humbled because he was in charge of Oldham when we beat them in the cup um, back in the year uh, in the conference days. More can play a, a four three three formation. So again, it, it's almost going to be pound for pound, like for like, man for man. Um, one or two players that I quite like. They've got McLaughlin, I think, who was, do you know what? South End, Mansfield. Jumps out at me as a player that I remember talking about before, who, who, who's a decent lad. Um, but they, And they've got the, the winger, um, Nahoa, uh, and the striker, Cole Stockton. So actually, they're a decent side. They, they've got pace in, in good areas. They can score a goal or two. They'll be buoyed by their win. If Accrington do something against them on Saturday, it might not wind out their sails a little bit. But again, it wouldn't. It would surprise me more to come out of these games with two points than it would six. Mm. And if we were to come out of them with six points, then you're back on track. But it's you know it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, but they, these are these are two games that for me, even if you want to finish top ten, you should be winning. And yeah. it would be dangerous if we didn't because Burton are on 12 points, we're on eight, so we wouldn't overtake them. And, and Morecambe are on 10 directly above us. Uh, win those two games, we'd probably jump up to about 10th, maybe even more. Bear in mind at the moment, there's only actually five points separating 18th and 6th. So yeah. Yeah, if we can get a couple of wins, we can we can salvage the early part of the season. Uh, but you know, we, we need to do that. We need to be better at home, Ben, to be honest. We've only scored three goals at home all season. There's only one team in the entire division who have scored fewer, and that's Doncaster. And, and they're two. crap. Well, they're rock bottom with four points, aren't they? And they beat Morecambe. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and away from home, there's only I think three teams that have scored more than us this season. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's sort of almost harking back to seasons past, isn't it? Where we've had the, one of the best away records in the league, and then home record seems to to falter a little bit but hopefully we can start to turn that around um you know obviously we've next home game is a is, is week and a bit away so we've got a couple Tuffy. of games obviously before them sorry Tuffy against Plymouth it is yeah then for relegation there's no chance they're going down this season that was a huge error on my part very very bad call you know, at least you're, you're admitting it. It's good to see you're owning up to your mistakes, guys. Yeah, I do own up to mistakes. <laughs> I don't make many. Anyway, um, right. I think it's probably 
uh, a decent spot to to move on uh, from the games there. Um, before we do move on to other stuff, I uh, just wanted to extend uh, our best wishes from the Stacey West to uh, to Clive. Um, obviously, he's um, out in South Africa at the moment, and it doesn't look like he's going to be able to get over anytime soon. But it's just uh, from from us, we just want to wish him all the best, and uh, you know, hope that uh, everything's all good. Yep, second that. Um, but now we will move on to um, an exciting thing. Uh, we mentioned it last week. We are putting on um, a raffle to raise some funds for the uh, Stacey West redevelopment. Um, we will be, well, hopefully tonight, depending on uh, if I can pull my finger out my backside or not, um, we'll be launching the PayPal pool. Uh, which is not fun to say when you've not got a pop shield on your mic. Um, and it will be £5 a ticket for entry into the raffle. So go to the link that we will be tweeting and putting on the post and on the podcast link. Um, go there, donate a fiver. You don't have to be, you don't have to have PayPal uh, already. I think you can just donate via a card or whatever. Um, and that will go into a pool, so it's all visible. You can see everybody that's that's been included. If you want to be considered for um, any of the prizes, then put your name in there and maybe a Twitter handle as well, so we can get back in touch with you, or you know, just some sort of recognisable name that we can get in touch with. And um, yeah, I think we'll we, you can leave them open for 30 days, so it will be open until the 22nd of October. Um, at which point we will run a raffle, we'll draw the uh, draw it out, um, and then we'll be picking up some, or giving away, sorry, some uh, impressive prizes, won't we, guys? If you want to, you want to go through those? Yep, yep, I can do. So I think that we'll probably maybe do a live video stream where we do the draw on the raffle. That might be quite fun. Yeah. Uh, so top prize, as we said last week, is a spot in the box for. Uh, I think we're going with U plus one, are we, or eight eight spots or U plus one? Which one? Uh, we've got we've got eight spots available. Um, so I think if we said a you know four people plus one would be yeah, uh, would so, be fair enough. So we've got four top prizes of a place in the box on Boxing Day uh, for the MK Dons fixture, and um, we'll be doing a little bit of recording in there, maybe putting together a, a, a podcast as well. So um, that's your top prize your second prize has been very kindly donated by the club and that is a liam bridcock match worn shirt is it signed ben so at the moment it isn't signed however um i've been told that um when the winner has been drawn um liam will personally sign it and you know address it to the winner so it will be a very very unique prize there so that is uh, the third shirt, the green shirt from last season, match worn. So that's a great prize. And then in no particular order, we also have um, some of my books. So there will be uh, one prize, which will be all of the season reviews from 2016 to 17 up to last season, which is four books, five books. Uh, and then there will be a second prize, which will be a copy of Suited and Booted. And if I can find one, a copy of the A to Z as well. Uh, and if you want me to devalue them by writing my name on them for you, I can do that. <laughs> uh, also, courtesy of Vital Lincoln City, we have got three signed match day programmes as well. They all come from victories last season. Uh, games against Wigan, Northampton and MK Dons, I believe. Uh, so they're signed by the whole squad uh, on the day. So, so they'll have the likes of Brennan Johnson, George Grant uh, and obviously the, the players that are still with us. So we'll be giving those away individually. So I make that one, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven prizes maybe. And we've got uh, a Sintel Bank model from Ben. Uh, it'll be one of the bigger ones as well. So super unique prize uh, mm-hmm. coming in from Ben, uh, which um, which is cracking. Michael's got one on his desk. Ben was delighted the other day when uh, <laughs> after I'd been to interview Michael and I told him it was sat there on his desk, all sprayed up uh, in, a, in a nice gold colour as well, gold effect. So nice big handful of prizes. Uh, happy to add any more if anybody um, has, if any companies are at all. Or are thinking about uh, donating a prize we can obviously add some more but they're the headline prizes uh, and as mm-hmm. ben says five pounds a ticket uh, and you've got to be in it to win it 100 percent. so yeah it's um it's it's all going to be everything's just going to be you know given to given to the club once it's done um you know we're not gonna we're not going to go down the route of buying a bond and then getting all the money back in a you know five years time and pretending it never happened that's not going to happen we are just going to give the money straight to the club um for the redevelopment fund so hopefully we can raise a fair bit for that well the redevelopment fund jules messaged me earlier is already at two and a half thousand well that uh, is and, that's cracking and chris ray imptoons is obviously donating um profits from his latest card drop uh, which stands I, I think he said it stood at a few hundred pounds already so i think we're already at three grand It'd be really nice to be able to touch five grand, uh, and I've got an announcement in the moment in a moment which will also help push that figure up a little bit more. So, um, I'll do one. I'll do an article hopefully on this ready for tomorrow, uh, which as you're listening to this is today. So, I really hate timing the, the podcast in that way. Um, but I'll do an article on Friday. On Friday, oh, Jesus Christ. That will drop on Thursday. Uh, that will have the various links in, and obviously we'll be promoting the hell out of it over the next few months. But um, and just as an aside as well, the box will have me and Ben in it. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's why there's eight. So it's a, me, just a pre-one, yeah. me, Gaz, yeah. and and you know four plus ones. Um, right. So that's the raffle. Um, I'm excited about that. It's going to be great. Um, next up, uh, do you want to? Do you want to bring up your next point now before we before we ask the well before we ask the listeners a question? Yeah, yeah. So I'm really, really I'm quite excited about this one. So Burton Road Chippy, massive supporters of the club, um, really really good chippy as well. I'm not just saying that they haven't paid me or anything like that. Although I have got some free chips waiting uh, from a comment I made on Match Day Live, but I think they'll be cold by now. Um, so <laughs> Burton Chippy um are going to open on monday the 18th of october now i don't think they normally open on a monday but they're opening on monday the 18th of october between 4 and 8 p.m and all proceeds from the evening every bag of chips sold every bad fish all of that is going straight to the stacy west development fund now here's the thing the staff are giving up their time to work for free uh, I think they've they've spoken to suppliers. They've you know they've really put a lot into this. So they're going to have four hours of selling fish and chips. Bang bang bang! Every penny goes to the Stacey West Development Fund. Um, really really great uh, initiative. Anybody wearing anything related to Lincoln City will get a discount. So if you go in there in your Lincoln shirt, uh, you'll get a discount on your dinner. Uh, and there'll be the shop will be decorated. There'll be an imps flag. There'll be balloons, all of that sort of stuff as well. Uh, and they just said, we just want to help with the great work everyone else is doing and help the club develop. Um, so it's as simple as that. So really good initiative. That's um, Monday, the 18th of October. So it's the day 
before we play Wimbledon, I think, isn't it? The Wimbledon's mm, yeah. Tuesday the 19th. Yeah, that's so right. It's the day before we play Wimbledon. It's the Monday before the Sheffield Wednesday game. So to keep that kind of lodged in your mind, four till eight o'clock. Uh, if you're in the area, get yourself up there. If you're not in the area, get into the area and get yourself up there. Um, I've been invited along. It's a long drive for me, but I will certainly strive to get there because uh, I like fish and chips, basically. Yeah, well, I, don't. <laughs> I, I like sausage and chips, um, personally. So I'll, I'll be there. I'll, have, I'll, I'll get some fish and chips. It'll be great. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be, it'll be really good. Um, so that's great. That's Burton Road Chippy, Monday the eighteenth of October. Before till eight, we'll plug it again. Uh, doubtless before before the day. No, absolutely right. So before we go, um, we had a little conversation off air um, about the format of the podcast and, and sort of when it's being released and stuff like that. Um, the main reason being that usually obviously this one's coming out on a thursday due to scheduling issues that i've got but normally with the gate with the podcast coming out on a friday it kind of feels a little bit old to be talking about the previous week's game unless obviously there's been a game on tuesday so we want to hear your feedback let us know um whether you would be sort of a bit you know more receptive to a podcast earlier in the week or one that's kind of more reactionary to the game maybe recorded on a monday released for the tuesday or whatever we you know whatever you think just let us know any thoughts i mean that that's probably the fairest way of describing it i guess yeah i think so i think when we come to record we tend like you tonight we've, we've spoken about ipswich but it's been done to death on social media as well and we cover old ground so it depends really what you want as listeners um i mean these shows now average what between 500 to 800 listeners um maybe yeah. a little bit more every week so you know, what do you want would you prefer that we record on a monday and the show is very much reactionary to a game um i mean a sunday's pretty much out i think from from ben and i's point of view in terms of our our, our own commitments and kind of having a day off so it would probably be a monday for a tuesday is that too late uh, do you like the, the the show as it is and in that we we brush over it and i mean if we had a tuesday game we, we would probably record any later on in the week anyway but mm. would you prefer us to would you prefer it to be always out at lunchtime on a thursday or friday rather than some weeks on a monday some weeks on a friday um so yeah just let us know look you can email stacy west podcast at gmail.com or you can hit either of me or ben up on um on on direct messaging just let us know if you're happy we're happy no, we mm. we can keep doing this, but it's we don't want to get stale. We don't want to get complacent. We we want to react to what you want to 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 listen to from us. So um, yeah, just let us know. Yeah, no, but we're not doing two a week because I, I can't I can't I can't do two a week with Ben. I I just you know, it's hard sometimes. See, just off air, myself up for one. Just to give you an idea, off air, Gary said I can't do two a week because I'm really busy. But when he comes on air, it's all about me. Yeah. It's all about you. <laughs> it's all about you, Benji. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I, I Does don't. Rachel call you Benji? I'm not going to answer that question. Um, it's <laughs> all a, <laughs> maybe. Um, Benji, you're on air lights on again. Where's the hungry, Benji? <laughs> Oh, I've not had to use it this week. It's been great. Um, <laughs> well, the hangry. <laughs> <laughs> no, the on-air sign. Um, no, like it's... Jogging in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got a relatively new sofa. I don't want to defile it. Um, oh. 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 I've got bangers and mash for dinner. I don't think I'm going to be able to eat. 
but no, look, it's um, we're, we're still, you know, we're still really, uh, hopefully, still really enjoying it. And obviously, the um, the most recent episode, or one of the most recent episodes with Liam, uh, did come up to be the most successful episode that we've ever done. Um, I think we kept a few listeners um, from that, but not not a huge amount. Um, so thank you if you stuck around. Uh, but yeah, you know, it it does help us a lot if you you know tell your friends about it and and sort of share it about a little bit as well. Um, even if it is just to hear me get the piss taken out of by Gary on a weekly basis. Um, I think some people actually like me less now because I've called <laughs> to you. Uh, they used to, and and they don't realise that it's kayfabe. Oh, good reference. Good reference. Um, yeah, you, you know, we get on. We love each other, really. Oh, easy. But not in that way. No. You love yourself, apparently, when Rachel's not there. <laughs> but not on the sofa. Allegedly. This will be the first time that she's actually heard me this week, because she uh, she's been at gigs um, for most Rachel of the week. Listen, I, I, I wouldn't. She does. She genuinely listens to the podcast, and usually because she can hear half the conversation, and then she can hear me potentially referencing her in some way, and then she has to listen to see why I was referencing her because I refuse to tell her. Not like my dad. <laughs> no. What the fuck would I want to listen to you for? Is his exact words. He was doing go. it funny on Saturday as well. And and here's the thing, right? Is a great. I don't know if this is a great story or not. So Tuesday night, as you know, I was in the Legend Lounge playing Billy Big Bollocks up on the stage, and you know, terrified. And I had to convince Dad to go in. He's like, "Well, I don't think I'll come in there, Dad. I'm going to be on the stage, like in the Legends Lounge. Well, who's going to want to listen to that? Some people are going to want to listen to it. Well, why would I want to listen to it? I, I don't know, Dad. Should we go in? I mean, it's raining. Well, I might just go in the fan zone. What and get wet? Oh, I don't know, Dad. You can have your beer in a glass, not a plastic glass. Oh, well, I might come in then. So in he comes, <laughs> stands by the table all the time. He's going. No one's going to listen to you. It's not no no good. No one's going to listen to you. I go up on stage, takes a picture, he puts it on social media. He says he's proud of me. I go back. You know, and it, it all dies down. On Saturday before the game, I get a call from Damien Froggart at the club um, and, and they were doing an event around the uh, Stacey West development. Now I was in town at the time and Damien said, you know, apologies, I'm late calling you, etc. but we've got this event going on. If you get down to the ground in time, would you like to come in? Uh, it's a free bar. So I'm in, I'm in town with dad and I'm thinking, well, he didn't want to go in the legends lounge because he fell out of place. So I said to him, you know, if we rush, we could just about make it. But, um, you know, we were due to go here and there. It was going to be a push. So, uh, yeah, but there's a free bar. Well, we should get ourselves down there, shouldn't we? Sure, <laughs> I was going to say, as soon as the words free bar come up, that's <laughs> it. It is, it is prick up like a, you know, like a dog sense or something. It's the, brilliant. The worst thing is we were in the treaty and we sat there and he's going, well, this beer, this beer tastes nice. He said, uh, not as nice as a free beer would taste, though. Are we going to go and get me my free beer? I said, you, your free beer. Damien hadn't even invited you. I said, so when, when is your son on stage being asked about Lincoln? I hear you all the time. He go, I don't hear this other bloke all the time. I don't get offered a free bar very often. Jesus Christ. And anyway, we get get to the we get to the ground don't we and he's he's there we stood in a group i don't know if you were there and he's going well you were on the stage no one was bloody listening to you they couldn't hear you anyway i wander <laughs> off he he wanders off i come back somebody else comes over because i've just been talking to your dad he says, yes. he said you were on the stage in the legends lounge he said he was ever so proud of you he said it was a great moment and you did really well thinking yeah bloody hell i always have to find these things out second hand <laughs> and then i had two messages after the game saying you should get your dad a spot on the podcast and i know what i'll do know what i'll happen if i say it to him 
he'll go, what the fuck do I want to be on your podcast? <laughs> People like oh, your dad, yeah. but he loves getting recognised. People come up to him and they go, you're Gary's dad. And he'll just go, yeah. And they'll wander away and he'll go, how oh, do they know me then? Well, I'll get known, don't I? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, everybody loves your dad. He's great. Do you know what? He even said to me the other day, he goes, I was chatting to Ben. He's a nice lad. I thought, that's funny because you normally call him a knob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> but he does like to take the mick out of you doesn't he yeah i know i just food. i just have one of those faces i think yeah but, but no uh, he, he said he goes you yeah, had a good chat with ben and he's he's my wife's lovely she's she's a lovely lass so, yeah. but yeah no he, uh, he he came up to me on uh, on saturday and um yeah he was, i think it again it was probably because he was away from people or quite well, mainly away from you but he goes yeah just away from everything ben yeah you you're looking really good these days, man. You're doing well. Keep it up. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. thanks, Pete. Lovely bloke. But anyway, yeah. this has kind of developed devolved into a personal phone call, hasn't it? Yeah. As it yeah. always does. But, yeah. So uh, um there go some more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. So yeah, subscribe for more of this nonsense. Um, share, share the link on your way out, please. <laughs> anyway, uh that's good that's a decent enough spot to uh, to end this week as ever. So hopefully We'll be talking next week on the back of a few more points. So up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.